Section 8 of Grotesques and Fantasies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Grotesques and Fantasies by Israel Sangwell. Mated by a Waiter. Chapter 4 The Winning Move. Time slipped on but I could not tear myself away from this enchanted hotel. The departure of my friends allowed me to be nearly all day with Ethelberta. I had drowned reason and conscience. Day followed day in a golden languor, and the longer I stopped, the harder it was to go. At last, Robbins's telegrams became too imperative to be disregarded, and even my second supply of money would not suffice for another day. The bitter experience of parting had to be faced again. The miserable evening, when I had first called her Ethelberta, had to be repeated. We spoke little at dinner. Afterwards, as I had not my friends to go to this time, we left Mrs. Winpeg sitting over her dessert, and paced up and down in the little cultivated enclosure which separated the hotel from the parade. It was a balmy evening. The moon was up, silvering the greenery, stretching a rippling band across the sea, and touching Ethelberta's face to a more marvellous fairness. The air was heavy with perfume. Everything combined to soften my mood. Tears came into my eyes as I thought that this was the very last respite. Those tears seemed to purge my vision. I saw the beauty of truth and sincerity, and felt that I could not go away without telling her who I really was. Then, in future years, whatever she thought of me, I, at least, could think of her sacredly, with no cloud of falseness between me and her. Ethelberta, I said in low, trembling tones. Lord Everett, she murmured responsively. I have a confession to make. She flushed and lowered her eyes. No, no, she said agitatedly. Spare me that confession. I have heard it so often. It is so conventional. Let us part, friends. She looked up into my face with that frank, heavenly glance of hers. It shook my resolution, but I recovered myself and went on. It is not a conventional confession. I was not going to say I love you. No, she murmured. Was it in the tricksy play of the moon among the clouds? Or did a shade of disappointment flit across her face? Were her words genuine? Or was she only a coquette? I stopped not to analyze. I paused not to inquire. I forgot everything but the loveliness that intoxicated me. I, I, I mean I was, I stammered awkwardly. I have loved you from the first moment I saw you. I strove to take her hand, but she drew it away haughtily. Lord Everett, it is impossible. Say no more. The twang dropped from her speech in her dignity. Her accents rang pure and sweet. Why not? I cried passionately. Why is it impossible? You seem to care for me. She was silent. At last she answered slowly. You are a lord. I cannot marry a lord. My heart gave a great leap. Then I felt cold as ice. Because I am a lord? I murmured wonderingly. Yes. I, I flirted with you at first out of pure fun. Believe me, that was the truth. If I loved you now, her words were tremulous and almost inaudible, it would be right that I should be punished. We must never meet again. 
Goodbye. She stood still and extended her hand. I touched it with my icy fingers. Oh, if you had only let me confess just now what I wanted to, I cried in agony. Confess what? she said. Have you not confessed? No, you may disbelieve me now, but I wanted to tell you that I am not a lord at all, that I only became one through Jones. Her lovely eyes dilated with surprise. I explained briefly, confusedly. She laughed, but there was a catch in her voice. Listen, she said hurriedly, starting pacing again. I, too, have a confession to make. Jones has corrupted me, too. I am not an heiress at all, nor even an American, just a moderately successful London actress, resting a few weeks, and Mrs. Winpeg is only my companion and general factorum, the widow of a drunken stage carpenter who left her without resources, poor thing. But we had barely crossed the steps of the hotel before Jones mentioned Lord Everett was in the place, and buzzed the name so in our ears that the idea of a wild frolic flashed into my head. I am a great flirt, you know, and I thought that while I had the chance I would test the belief that English lords always fall in love with American heiresses. It was no test, I interrupted. A Chinese Mandarin would fall in love with you equally. I let Miss Winpeg tell Jones all about me. Imaginatively, she went on with a sad smile. I told her to call me Harper, because Harper's magazine came into my mind. But it was Jones who seated us together. I will believe that you took a genuine liking to me. Still, it was a foolish freak on both sides, and we must both forget it as soon as possible. I can never forget it, I said passionately. I love you, and I dare to think you care for me, though while you fancied I was a peer, you stifled the feeling that had grown up despite you. Believe me, I understand the purity of your motives, and love you the more for them. She shook her head. Goodbye, she faltered. I will not say goodbye. I have little to offer you, but it includes a heart that is aching for you. There is no reason now why we should part. Her lips were white in the moonlight. I never said I loved you, she murmured. Not in so many words, I admitted. But why did you let me call you Ethelberta? I asked passionately. Because it is not my name, she answered, and a ghost of the old gay smile lit up the lovely features. I stood, for a moment, dumbfounded. Unconsciously we had come to a standstill under the window of the dining-room. She took advantage of my consternation to say more lightly, Come, let us part, friends. I dimly understood that, in some subtle way I was too coarse to comprehend, she was ashamed of the part she had played throughout, that she would punish herself by renunciation. I knew not what to say. I saw the happiness of my life fading before my eyes. She held out her hand for the last time, and I clasped it mechanically. So we stood, silent. "'What does that matter, Mrs. Winpeg? You're a real lady. That's enough for me.' It wasn't because I thought you had money that I ventured to raise my eyes to you. We started. It was the voice of Jones. Mrs. Winpeg had evidently lingered too long over her dessert. But I tell you, I have nothing at all. Nothing, came the voice of Mrs. Winpeg. I don't want it. You see, I'm like you, not what I seem. 
This place belongs to me. Only I was born and bred a waiter in this very hotel, and I don't see why the house shouldn't profit by the tips instead of a stranger. My son does the show part, but he ain't fit for anything but reading Dickens and other low-class writers, and I feel the want of a real lady knowing the ways of aristocrats. What with Lord Porchester and Lord Everett, it looks as if this hotel is going to be fashionable, and I know there's lots of eye-class wrinkles I ain't picked up yet. Only lately I was flummoxed by a gent asking for a liquor I'd never heard of. You're mixed up with tip-top swells. I love you from the moment I saw you fold your first serviette. I'm a widower. You're a widow. Let bygones be bygones. Why shouldn't we make a match of it? We looked at each other and laughed. False subtleties were swept away by a wave of mutual merriment. Let bygones be bygones. Why shouldn't we make a match of it? I echoed. Jones is right. I tightened my grasp of her hand and drew her towards me, almost without resistance. You're going to lose your companion. You'll want another. Her lovely face came nearer and nearer. Besides, I said gaily, I understand you're out of an engagement. Thanks, she said. I don't care for an engagement in the provinces, and I have sworn never to marry in the profession. They're a bad lot. Call me an actor? My lips were almost on hers. You played Lord Dundrury, not unforgivably. Our lips met. Oh, Augustus, came the voice of Mrs. Winpeg. I feel so faint with happiness. Lose your arms a moment, my popsy. I'll fetch you a drop of dam to dam answered the voice of Jones. End of Mated by a Waiter Recording by Todd